please open your Bibles to Psalm 78. We'll be reading um, verses 1 through 8. A contemplation of Asaph. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, and may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not set its heart aright, and whose spirit was not faithful to God. Let's pray. Dear God, before we come to your table, we want to hear your voice. We are your people for whom you died. Now please call us, lead us, help us to know your voice even more. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We may have noticed that we sung Psalm 78 today, and uh, we sung the exact verses that the communion meditation is on. That was not planned by me. It was planned by God, though, and I take it as confirmation that this is the, the word he wants us to hear today. The title of the communion meditation is Graceful Repetition. As we contemplate the Lord's sacrifice and his grace towards us, we want to see how he keeps us on track by repetition. In particular, the Lord's table has been a repetitive thing and it will remain a repetitive thing until he comes again in glory. Another way of thinking about repetition is habit. And when, when we say habit, we have positive and negative views of that, usually negative. The, the most common way we say habit is when we do something wrong and we say, oh, I have a habit of that, I'm sorry. And, and, and when we are thinking about things in a positive light, it's usually something we need to do. I need to develop a habit of reading or of exercise or those kind of things. But here we're talking about divine, divinely granted and commanded repetition. Another way of thinking about it is a liturgy of life. I like this term, you know, in, the, in a spiritual sense, like Job's children. His children would have feasting days, and then after those days, it was his repetition, it was his habit. He would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings for his children. We see repetition in the appointed feast days of the Old Testament, and, and we, we see them in the Psalms. For example, Psalm 5, your, your voice you shall hear, sorry, my voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning, I will direct it to you, and I will look up. The Sabbath day of rest is a, is a repetition. 
And you know, these are things that we can do um, at home with our families. We, we've started kind of a liturgy of, of life thing after breakfast. I, I say, this is the day the Lord hath made. And my family responds, we will rejoice and be glad in it. And uh, by the way, you can do that at home. I didn't, I didn't come up with that phrase. It's uh, public domain. Um, there, there, there are plenty of things from the Bible we can do to have a liturgy of life. Well, here in Psalm 78, we see a perpetual pattern, a repetition that's built into the fabric of being in covenant with Jehovah. And here it's a pattern of storytelling. And it's not to be repeated only in an individual's lifetime, but for all of time. So let's, let's look at this. Let's look at the first four verses. And, and as we read this, I'm going to emphasize the verbs so you can see the deliberateness of this. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and of his wonderful works that he has done. Do you see the, the, the deliberate commitment? And by the way, when we sing this, we're signing up for this. We're, we're God's people. This is who it's talking about. We will do this, and God will help us. By the way, this uh, dark sayings of old there in, uh, in, in verse 2, it's, it's the parable that, that uh, we see right before that. It's, it, it is something that has more meaning than you would read just on its surface. Those are parables. And we, we're going to have one of these dark sayings today at the institution of the Lord's Supper. So we're not talking about dark in a bad sense. We're talking about dark in a way that has a meaning that God's revealed it to us. So whenever... We say, or whenever the, um, Pastor Kaiser says, take, eat, this is my body. It's one of those dark sayings of old. We know what it means. People outside of us have not known what it meant, and that caused some problems historically, didn't it? So these are dark sayings of old. But I hope you see that there's a deliberateness, a commitment to doing this, but not just once. Let's read on. Let's read verses 5 and 6. For he established a testimony in Jacob. He appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers, that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their generation. You see, there's no ending point in this. This is a big commitment. This is a a long-term pattern. And uh, it's it's divine. You, You know, when you go buy something, maybe you will have a lifetime warranty. And the lifetime warranty is the companies are counting on the fact that it's, you're either going to sell it or you're going to lose it or you're going to die before the thing breaks. Um, the, the closest thing that we come to a long commitment in a man-to-man sense, of course, is marriage until, until death uh, do us part. But this has no ending point. When, when dealing with God in the context of the Abrahamic Covenant, we're talking about a generational repetition that's directed and empowered by him. Now, so it's repetition, but it's not just repetition for repetition's sake. Let's read on. Verses 7 and 8. That they may set their hope in God 
and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. And may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that, that did not set its heart aright and whose spirit was not faithful to God. We see grace in the repetition. All, all of God's ways are holy and overflowing with purpose. There it is, verse seven, that they may set their hope in God. So set is a purposeful, repetitive thing that we can do. And we do that by recounting the law that he's appointed in Israel and his wonderful works. This is where God wants our hope in him. Now there's a repetition that has a positive and a negative aspect to it. The positive is to keep us on track and the negative is to keep us from going off a track. See verse eight there, these are the things we don't want. These are the things that God's gracious repetition is gonna keep us from. A stubborn and rebellious generation, generation that did not set its heart aright and whose spirit was not faithful to God. Well, if we read on in the rest of the psalm, what we would see is a story. And it would be a story of God's provision, man's sin, and God's graceful reconciliation between the two parts of that covenant. That's the redemptive history that we would read on. Those are the types of things. When we come to the Lord's Supper, we're going to, to, to hear about a historical fact. We're going to recount a historical fact. We're going to tell the story. Well, I hope you see in Psalm 78 that God builds in repetition. It's deliberate. It's in the fabric of us. And it goes generationally. And that it's for a purpose. It's for a gracious purpose. We need repetition. We need repetition of learning about God. I like what Gary said in the introduction. Let's learn again. We need so much repetition. We need to repeat the Lord's Supper. I have a question for you and for your children. How long is this repetition going to go on? Will it be happening when you're 90 years old? Will it be happening with your grandchildren? Well, unless he comes again before then, it will be. And there's comfort in there. It's nice to know that, that some things are repetitive, they don't change, but it's more than that. It's so good to know that this helps us set our hope in God so that we don't go astray. And so that's why this repetition is gracious, a gracious repetition. Please pray with me. Dear God, we are thankful for deliberate and graceful repetition for our individual lives. But here in the assembly, we thank you. you. You know us. You know that without the story of your grace, our hearts will not be set aright. Remind us of the works. Remind us of the law you appointed. Help us to make this known generationally. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.